Well, I feel like I have a topic this morning, <laughs> a subject that uh, I want to talk to you guys about. And to be real honest with you, I don't know that I've ever really preached on this before, so just bear with me and keep that in mind if it doesn't all make sense to you. You know, just be praying for me. <laughs> I want to talk about spiritual discernment. Um, there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding in the body of Christ about spiritual things. And I believe more than anything else, this is something that God wants us to understand and to operate in on a regular basis, is the things of the Spirit. And so, let's start out this morning in 1 Corinthians. We'll go to chapter 2. And begin in verse 6. It says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Now this is a quote from the Old Testament that Paul is using there. And we like to quote this and think about the great things that God has prepared for us who love Him. We think, man, it's so mysterious. Eye hasn't seen it. Ear hasn't heard it. It sounds so wonderful and so mysterious. But Paul said this in the next verse. He said, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So oftentimes, ministers will preach on these things, and they'll talk about the mysteries of God. You know, God works in mysterious ways, His wonders to perform. You know, what a, what, it's such a great quote that it's nowhere in the Bible. And you know, uh, we, we often talk about that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. That's all true, it's all in there, except they didn't finish the verse. See, there's a but there. And the but says that we now have those things revealed to us by the Spirit. We no longer have to walk in darkness. We no longer have to walk around saying, you know, I haven't seen it. I haven't heard it. It's never entered into my heart. I have no idea what God has planned for me. He loves me and I know it's wonderful, but I don't know what it is. See, that's, that is how the enemy wants us to walk around believing God has something great for you, but you can't know what it is. It's a secret. <laughs> he has a surprise, you know, uh, and, and God does surprise us, but... The things that He has planned for our life can be, are known by the Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit shows us things to come. It says He reminds us of the things that Jesus told us. It says that we have the mind of Christ. So yeah, who has known the mind of the Lord? That He may instruct Him. Well, I can't instruct the Lord. I can't know all that He knows. 
But then he says, he ends it with, but you have the mind of Christ. So you see, it's not that we're better than him. It's not that we know more than him. It's not that we can instruct him. But we have the same mind in us. And we can know the things of the Spirit. We can discern what's happening in spiritual realms. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians 12. A lot of people know this chapter because of the gifts of the Spirit. And that's all good and everything. But I want to look at it just a little bit differently maybe. Than possibly different than what you've heard. I don't know. Verse 1. Paul says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, in my Bible, this is the New King James Bible. Thank God for Alan. He taught me it's okay to teach on a New King James. But the the New King James Bible, the word gifts is italicized, which I believe it's italicized in the King James as well. So that just means that it was put there by the, the interpreters, the, the people who are writing this to give us a better understanding what Paul was talking about. But really, you could say it this way, concerning spiritual things or concerning things of the Spirit, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I believe Brother Hagin said concerning spirituals and, and things of the Spirit, I wouldn't have you ignorant. So, and he goes on to say, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, However, you are led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So there Paul's just kind of laying some groundwork and letting them know because he's talking to people. They were led astray by idols, by things that didn't even speak. So he's saying, I'm going to give you a little bit of understanding here. When people are speaking by the Spirit, they're not going to be cursing God, and they're not going to be you know, uh, calling Jesus Lord if they're not doing that by the Spirit. Now, I don't think he's talking about the phrase Jesus is Lord or the phrase Jesus is cursed because I just said that. (laughs) It can be spoken. It's just you can tell that these people won't be cursing God. They won't be displaying Jesus as their Lord except by the Spirit. Now, he goes on and says there's diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. The manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So Paul, again, he he kind of categorizes the moves or the workings of the Spirit. I'm going to use the word categories because I don't think that each gift uh, I don't think he meant it to be an exhaustive list of all the specific things that God does, but we can see that when a gift of healing is in operation, it falls under those gifts of healing. It could be a healing in the emotional realms. It could be a healing in the physical. It could be a healing in the mental faculties of a person, but they all fall within those gifts of healings, and they manifest in different ways, but it's all by the Spirit. And when we're discerning these things, Paul here, he mostly is talking about in a public assembly. You know, we, we, these things can happen, they, they manifest, but, but all those gifts are available to us at any time. And what happens is we often want to label ourselves, right? I was going to say in the church in America they do that, but honestly, everywhere that I've been, they pretty much do that. <laughs> People try to, they want to identify who they are, and that's a good thing. And they want to identify who you are. There's some places where I've experienced, where they've asked me to come and minister. Now, this has been more in other countries. And they want to know, well, you know, what's the gift that you operate in? And I, that's always been a difficult thing for me to answer. Because <laughs> I, I just, uh, I was like, well, 
uh, operate in whatever God wants me to operate in, you know, <laughs> however he wants to move. That's how I, you know, now the one thing that's common though, if we're talking about the fivefold ministry, all of, all of those apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, all of those offices ought to be able to wield the word of God, ought to be able to equip the saints of God. So, I mean, if you want to call yourself a prophet, you can prophesy and all that, but you're not able to do that. You might be called to be a prophet, but you're not operating in the office of a prophet. Same thing with any, any one of those gifts. However, I think we make a mistake sometimes in trying to figure out which one of these belongs to us, right? Not only the fivefold, but here we're talking about these other gifts. And I've heard this too. I've been to prophetic conferences and different things like that. And they'll say, well, what's the gift? what is your gift of the Spirit? And is it operating in the body of Christ today? And, I, and I'm not criticizing that idea because I know God uses it. And those people are, have some success in that. But for what we're talking about today... I want you to understand that the things of the Spirit are available to all who are born of the Spirit. And these gifts are available unto us as we walk in the Spirit. We can discern what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I'm so thankful that I was able to spend some time under the teaching of Dave Roberson. Not only because he's a great teacher, but because he walks in the Spirit. And over time, I could begin to recognize things. It's almost as though I could look at Dave, and, and, and most people would say this. You could tell, you know, he's stepping out into the Spirit. He, sometimes he'd have those, that look in his face. He might be looking at you, and you know he's not seeing you. You know, he's looking off into the distance. Because he's discerning what's happening in the realms of the Spirit. And it's one thing to talk about these things... And to teach on these things. But one of the reasons it's difficult to teach it is it's kind of like Jesus said. He compared the things of the Spirit to, you know, the wind. You don't know where it's coming from and you don't know where it's going. So at times it's difficult to describe. How would you define the wind to someone who's never seen it or experienced it or felt it or whatever? It's a difficult thing. But And that's why I say... Some of the things that Pastor Dave taught me didn't come from the words he was saying, but it came from the, the spirit in which he was demonstrating the move of the spirit that was being demonstrated through his life and through his ministry. And that's why it's important that we connect spiritually with the people that we're uh, receiving from. Because some of the things that we receive, we receive from the wisdom that's being taught. But like Paul said, we're not, we're not speaking in man's wisdom. We're in demonstration of the Spirit and power. And so when he talks about these gifts and these individual uh, manifestations of the Spirit, he goes on through this chapter and talks about the body and how all these things fit together. So I understand that these are gifts of the Spirit, but they're operations of the Spirit. They're categories in which the, the Spirit works throughout the body and helps us to be, we all bring something to make up the entire body. And he ends this chapter in verse 29. He says, Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? And of course, the answer to all those things is, it's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. Do all have gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? Dave would say yes. But he's talking about a specific, a specific operation here. Do all interpret. Right? So not everyone is going to have that gift at any time they choose to speak with tongues for interpretation. Uh, most people, uh, I think, the Lord can use you in that if you're open to it. But it's not something you, you choose to do whenever you want to. So, and same thing with interpretation of tongues. Then he says though, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And of course he goes into the love chapter. So it's important for us to desire these things of the Spirit. And he doesn't just say desire, but he says earnestly desire. 
I realize where we're going. This revival we're contending for. It's greater than just a manifestation of gifts. But yet at the same time. There should be a desire within each of us. It's it's really a command. He says earnestly desire the best gifts. There ought to be a hunger on the inside for you to see miracles working through your hands. For you to see gifts of healings taking place. Whether it be through your hands or in our services. Because it's still going to be through your hands. as you're, Whether you're the one that's actually physically laying your hands on them. Or you're the one praying in the back room. Or you're the one sitting in your chair praying in the Holy Ghost. We're doing this together. As a body, we're offering the things of the Spirit that we have. So that the Holy Ghost can do what He wants to do. So when we come together, we ought to desire to see the gifts manifest. And when we're not together, we ought to desire to see the gifts manifest. We should desire to see the gifts manifest in the workplace, uh, in Walmart, in wherever we go. We should desire those gifts. And one way that we earnestly desire it is we open ourselves up to the things of the Spirit and we say, Holy Ghost, what do you want to do today? Because what I want is what you want. I earnestly desire the manifestation of the Spirit as you will. See, it's not as I will, as He wills. The manifestations of the Spirit are to profit with all, but they're also at the discretion of the Spirit. I don't get to decide. You know, don't get to stand by the water fountain and use the word of knowledge to, you know, figure out what every person has been through or, you know, like Dave would say, we don't go to the racetrack and (laughs) try to discern who the winner's going to be. That's not spiritual discernment. (laughs) In in this list, and honestly, anywhere in the Bible, you're not going to find something that says a gift of discernment. See, God expects us and wants us to walk in. He wants us to discern the things of the Spirit. But it's not really a gift of discernment. I've heard a lot of people give caution or warnings about maybe about a particular individual or whatever, you know. They wouldn't do it from a pulpit, but privately, you know. This person, I'm, I'm, I'm worried because they just, it seems like maybe something isn't right. See, that's not a gift of discernment. That's a gift of suspicion. See, you, you, that's not the same thing. Because the, the things that are happening in the natural may have absolutely nothing to do with what's going on in the spiritual. We used to, when I was on the outreach team, we would bus in, uh, at one time we bust in prisoners. They were in a, like a work release facility and they're able to go to church and they're able to do other things. And, and, and Barbara was the outreach leader at the time and she found great favor with the facilities and they'd allow her to have them in her home and every week we'd have a meeting in her house and you know many times I would give personal prophecies to several of these individuals and I had someone come to me one time he was one of the leaders that picked up the the people and he said Hans you don't know that guy you don't know he's that's not him He's, he's a bad dude. You know, I'd given him a good prophecy of what God had for him and the things that God wanted to use him in and this and that. And he says, he said, you can't encourage people like that. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you, you don't know what he did. You don't know what, what he's doing when he's not here. And it's, I said, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's not, that's not up to me. And I, I'm not encouraging him based on what I see in the physical or in the natural or what I've experienced with him with my natural man. But by the Spirit, I'm hearing what God has for his life and encouraging him to pursue those things. Whether he does it or not, I can't control that. But God is not interested in... Let me say that another way. He's concerned. Obviously, God doesn't want us doing things in the flesh and and committing sin and, and doing those things. That's never what God's purpose is. He never condones those things. But God does not decide what He has for your life based on the sin that you've committed or based on what you're doing in the natural. He doesn't even decide the things of your life based on the talents that you have. 
I mean, we look at Moses. He wasn't the, the greatest speaker. And he didn't want to do it <laughs> when God told him he would do it. But see, God doesn't look at, he doesn't see the way man sees. We can't use our natural man to discern the things of the Spirit. The Bible tells us that it's, it's just impossible. You can't know spiritual things with your natural mind. Really, I believe we need to come to the place where our body is all it is is gives us access to this world. And that's the only thing that we really use it for, right? Is access to this world. We, yes, we got to listen to it when it's time to eat. And, and, and those, sometimes, sometimes you need to fast. But, <laughs> but we ought to keep our body alive and we need to be healthy. If, it, if my body wasn't here, I wouldn't have been able to come across town today. But the natural man is limited and we need to leave him in those limitations because if we don't, he's going to try to take over, right? He's going to try to to discern what's going on. And if you're not careful, see the, (laughs) I, I just stop because I don't want to be accusatory in any way, but Just as the Holy Spirit wants us to discern spiritual things, the enemy wants us to discern spiritual things or natural things and try to make them look like spiritual things. And the reason I stopped right there is I immediately remembered Pastor Dave talking about the ruler of darkness that stood over here that he saw. And this was through the discerning of spirits. He saw... I believe he said it was a ruler of darkness. It was an entity standing at the door. And then there were these little imps running around, jabbering to people about this place and about, you know, different things, gossip, whatever it is. I don't remember specifically, but it was not good. (laughs) And so if we're not careful, we don't put our natural man under. So you come this morning and you're like, well, you know, Hans was kind of boring today. Okay. That's a natural discernment of what happened. But what was God saying in the realm of the Spirit? And the problem is, if we look at all of the natural things, and we discern all that's happening in the natural, that voice, we give credit to it, we give a place to it, and then we're not able to hear or discern what's happening in the Spirit. Because we're so caught up in the things of the natural. And it can be confusing if... We don't follow the inward witness. If we don't follow that inward voice of the, of the Spirit. Because sometimes we might receive something or perceive something in the Spirit. And it truly is in the Spirit. But if we don't, if God isn't explaining any more about it, we can try to put our own conclusions on it. I have a friend in Oklahoma City who's a pastor. And he really operates more in the office of a prophet. But God's given him a church and told him to pastor that church. Some people don't agree with that, but he's doing what he believes God told him to do. So this is so he's a pastor there. And he told a story because he also travels around and has traveled for for many years. Like uh, he, he's a very interesting person. He started preaching when he was sixteen years old, and God's used him all the way. He's in his fifties now, and and he's just followed the the Holy Spirit all through those years. But he gives a story of a lady that um, was in one of his meetings. Her husband had passed away. This woman, every night, sets a place at the table. Uh, She has uh, everything the way that he left it. And, you know, his coat is, is there for him. And everything that he would normally do, she has things arranged so that he could, he could do those things. And she believed that he was going to come walking home one day. Now, he's, he's dead, he's buried, he's in the grave. Several years had gone by. She still continues to do this. What had happened was, during her grief, someone came up to her and they said, are you believing for your husband to be raised from the dead? And she said, I am. And she was believing that just in, in the first, you know, part after he had died. And so he says, well, God's going to do that. He's going to raise him from the dead. Well, 
A few months go by, someone else sees her and says, are you believing that God's going to raise your husband from the dead? And see, it happened maybe four or five times. And my friend, he said when he went to that church, he didn't know this woman, he didn't know the story. He said to his associate that was with him, he says, you know, the, the one lady there, he says, I think she believes her husband's going to be raised from the dead. And his friend says, you know, I got that too. He says, what do you think we ought to do about it? Or he says, what's the Holy Spirit saying we should do about it? He said, nothing. He goes, so we did nothing. Several years went by. He went back to that church. And the Lord gave him a word for that lady. Her husband's not coming back. He's in heaven. You know, just comforted her with this word. and this. Well, at the end of the service, she said, Today, I told the Lord, if he's not coming back, I just really need to know. Now, see, he could have told her that four years ago, but she wasn't ready to hear that four years ago. My point is this, those other people that told her along the way, they thought they were following the Spirit of God because in the Spirit, they were picking something up. They recognized this woman believes her husband's coming back from the grave. She believes it. And those people in their immaturity believe that if they heard that, that it must be what God's going to do. And they would say that over and over again. And see, this is the importance of, of learning to discern the things of the Spirit because every one of us has access to the spiritual realm. The Bible tells us that there are many voices and none without distinction. And it's very important that when we see a vision, we hear a word, we come to an understanding that we didn't know before, a knowing of the Spirit, that we bring that before the Lord and we let Him decide what we're to do with it. Because if we continue in our own strength, the natural man is not able to comprehend the things of the Spirit. And we're going to mess it up every single time. Because it's impossible for us in the natural to complete what the Spirit is saying or doing. How can, you can't start out in the, na- in the Spirit and end up in the flesh. If you're going to start out somewhere, start out in the flesh, end up in the Spirit. Because <laughs> God can forgive you and help you and get you over there. Sometimes we do have to give ourselves a little kick to push ourselves out there and, and be willing to be vulnerable and, and listen to God. And, and maybe we might even say something that we think is of the Lord, but you know we, we kind of miss it a little bit. But as long as we're repentant and we're, we're willing to keep walking, He'll take us by the hand and bring us higher and higher and higher. And He'll keep taking us. But that's starting out, not really starting out in the flesh, but maybe a little bit. You're just trying until... The Spirit of God comes and, and helps you, and He'll help you all the way through. We can't be afraid to try, but once we're out there and we're hearing what the Spirit is saying, we don't want to go backwards to try to complete it in the flesh. I've given many testimonies. My, I've done it myself many, many, many times, more times than I ever want to tell you about. But <laughs> there's been times when I believe God had said something. And here's the other thing. Sometimes there are some things that I don't have the answers yet that maybe I heard decades ago and so it can be in the natural it's a frustration but in the spirit we can be at peace knowing that he's the one doing this it's as he wills as he manifests these things let's continue on let's look at 1 Corinthians 14 for a moment because see 12, 13, 14 is all really the same thought process. He starts out talking about the things of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit. Then he tells us there's a more excellent way and he goes into love in chapter 13. And then in 14 he goes a little bit more into some specific gifts or some specific manifestations of prophecy and tongues. So we'll start here. 14 verse 1 it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Again, gifts is italicized, and again he says, desire spiritual gifts. So this is not something that's just to be taken lightly. But this is, should be something that we want, that we hunger, that we search for, that we desire in our, in our life to have these in manifestation. But especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue 
does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. That's our verse, right? But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now this again has been misunderstood by many. Um, I've been to a lot of conferences. I've been to some prophetic conferences. And they're, they're good people and they give some good information. But they often misinterpret this as saying, you know, it's not that important to speak of tongues. It is important to prophesy. But that's not really what he's saying. Because what Paul's talking about here is in a public assembly, or if you're trying to instruct, to teach, to edify, if you're trying to help someone, me standing in front of you and speaking in tongues is not going to help you. I'm going to be edified because that's what tongues does. But you're not going to be edified because you don't know what I said. Unless... It's a gift that I can interpret, and I interpret that to you, and then you're edified, exhorted, comforted. So, as we discern the things of the Spirit, I don't want you to be too hung up in these gifts that you're thinking, you know, which one is more important, or how do I obtain this one or that one, but we can go back to Dave's teaching, and it all begins with speaking in other tongues. It all begins praying and entering into the Spirit. That's the gateway into the realm of the Spirit, is to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. You begin speaking in other tongues, because what better way to yield to the Spirit, but to hear the words that He's saying and speak them out. Because when we speak in other tongues, the Bible says this, it said when they spoke with tongues on the day of Pentecost, they didn't speak. It said, I mean, they spoke, but the Spirit gave them utterance. So every time we speak in tongues, the Spirit is giving us that utterance. So that's the first stage, the first step into walking in the Spirit, speaking in other tongues. I'm not saying that there's not people who don't speak with tongues that do some things in the Spirit. That's not my point. But my point is, we have this available to us to bring us deeper into the realms of the Spirit. And we have it available to us to begin to hear the Holy Ghost. You say, well, I've never heard it. Well, when you speak with other tongues, it's being created by the Holy Ghost. So, in effect, you're hearing those things as you speak them. We go on, but now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds... How will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So here's the thing. We know here at this church that we should be spending time praying in other tongues. We ought to spend time seeking the Lord, being alone with Him, fasting, worship, being in the Word of God. But all of those things serve a purpose, and it ought to be to edify the body, right? We're not just there to, like Dave talked about, you know, he he almost could have become a monk because he just loved being in God's presence, and it is wonderful. But, I mean, what a... uh, perversion of what God wants to happen to to take a man and lock him up in a cave and never speak to another human the rest of his life and he's getting great revelation from God what in the world is he going to do with it for him 
Paul is a, is a great example. The revelation that he received as Pastor Dave taught us tongues is a revelation gift. And so as we are spending times praying in other tongues, we ought to be desiring to see things manifest in our life in the realms of the Spirit. And it doesn't necessarily have to be behind a pulpit. For most people, it's not. It can be in your regular, everyday, normal life. And the way the Holy Ghost taught me when I was young and when I was seeking these things is He would manifest in my normal everyday life. I remember going to Walmart and I, and I needed something. I couldn't remember what it was. And it was as if someone put tied a rope on something on the inside of me and started pulling me around. And I was like, okay. I mean, I could stop it. I recognized it as something. I would like to say I recognized it as the Holy Ghost, but I didn't at the moment. <laughs> I knew it was something. And all of a sudden I stop and I look up and there's toilet paper. I was like, that's what I needed, toilet paper, that's right. So see, as simple and, and silly as it might sound, it's the, that's the way that it doesn't get any more complicated. He just really wants to move in our everyday life. Gary used to say, God's the most down-to-earth person I've ever met. And that's the truth. He wants to manifest in our daily walk with him. For some people, he might want you to be behind the pulpit. But for most people, if we were all prophets and pastors and teachers, evangelists, I mean, we might as well go to heaven, right? I mean, we can, uh, we're just patting each other on the back. But no, we're here to learn from one another. And the people in the pew are offering just as much as the person behind the pulpit. Because we need one another. And that's really what Paul's message was there in chapter 12. He was talking about how the body comes together. Each part, each member in particular. So God wants to manifest. And again, what gift was that that was manifesting? You know what I mean? I I, I can't go through the list there. I could put it in one of those categories. But, you know, it wasn't really specifically what you might think of when you think of a word of knowledge or, you know, when you think of a word of wisdom or whatever. And oftentimes we over-spiritualize things when God wants to just be a part of your life. See, when we hear the word vision or we hear about and a, a spiritual experience, sometimes we tend to distance ourselves from that or see that as some great, holy, untouchable thing. But you know, Dave used to say, when I say the word dog, what do you see? Do you see D-O-G? No, you probably you see your dog or your neighbor's dog or a dog that you uh, are familiar with. And in the same way, God is wanting to communicate with us. I remember I was at school, Spartan School Aeronautics, and I, and I was doing a uh, project. We had what's called breadboards, and we were making electronic circuits there. And um, I had these resistors that had tape on them, and they were sitting on my desk. And then all of a sudden, they weren't there. And I was scared <laughs> because this was a graded test. This wasn't just, you know, anything. I couldn't raise my hand and say, hey, give me some more resistors. This was, this was it. So I excused myself and went to the restroom and I, I was just beside myself. I thought, what? And I closed my eyes and I saw myself, my arm move across the table and the resistors stick to my shirt there. And I stood in front of the mirror and lift my arm up and there they were. <laughs> so see, God, God is not that complicated and he's not just interested in only what we think of as spiritual things. Because with God, it's all spiritual. You are a spirit and he wants to manifest in every area of your life. He doesn't want to keep anything out. If we go back to hearing the Holy Ghost, you tell me, you know, people, like I said, many times people have said, I've never heard God. So I'll go through a few things with them. I say, you know, if you ever knock something off at the grocery store. Onto the aisle. There's something in you that says you need to pick that up. (laughs) You know, that's God through your conscience. He's trying to communicate with you. And if if you ignore that and you keep going down the aisle time and time again, it's not that you don't hear. God has said you've you've turned it off. It's not that he's not speaking. You've seared your conscience to him. And so it's really not that complicated to discern spiritual things. It's just important that we don't try to take that spiritual happening and finish it with our natural being or with the natural man or try to discern it with the natural man because we can't. 
It's not possible. So I want to look at one example in the Bible. Uh, To me, this is just a, a great example of discerning something in the Spirit that may be getting it a little bit... Well, let's just read it and I'll show you what I'm talking about. We'll go over here to Acts chapter 21. Verse 1 says this. Now, it came to pass that when he had departed from them and set sail, running a straight course, we came to Kos the following day to Rhodes and from there to Patera and finding a ship sailing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and set sail. When we had sighted Cyprus, we passed it on the left and sailed to Syria and landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload her cargo, and finding disciples, we stayed there seven days. They told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. When we had come to the end of those days, we departed and went on our way, and they all accompanied us with wives and children. We were out of the city, and we knelt down on the shore and prayed. When we had taken our leave of one another, we boarded the ship, and they returned home. And when we had finished our voyage from Tyre, we came to Telemos, maybe, I don't know, greeted the, the, the brethren and stayed with them one day. On the next day, we who were Paul's companions departed and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgins, virgin daughters who prophesied. And as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now remember, it says that they told Paul through the Spirit... Not to go to Jerusalem. And now here's this prophet coming and saying, hey, this is what the Jews are going to do to the man who owns this belt. So it says, now when we heard these things, both we and those from that place, those that had, I I suppose those that told Paul by the Spirit not to go to Jerusalem, pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. Paul answered, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, The will of the Lord be done. So see, they concluded, This is the will of the Lord, but they were concerned because by the Spirit, they knew something wasn't right. They knew something could happen to Paul. Because it says they told him, by the Spirit, don't go to Jerusalem. And many times we read that, we think they were telling him the Holy Spirit says don't go to Jerusalem. But I don't believe that's what's being said there. I think by the Spirit, they recognize there's a problem in Jerusalem and they don't want Paul to go. They maybe didn't know exactly what was going on. So the prophet shows up. He confirms there's a problem in Jerusalem. You know, and so they're pleading with him. Paul, please don't go. God don't want you to go. I mean, he doesn't say that, but that's, uh, it seems that's what they're saying. They believe this, this can't be God because look at what's going to happen. The prophet already warned you, don't go to Jerusalem. But the prophet didn't warn him not to go to Jerusalem. The prophet warned him what would happen. But see, we've read the whole story. Paul's been beat. He's been hit with rods. He's been, he's been shipwrecked. He's been stoned. He's been left for dead. Paul is no stranger to being bound by people there. He's not worried about going to prison. He says, I'm not, not only am I ready to go to jail, but I'm willing to die. And so they finally concede, let the will of the Lord be done. And see, it's so very important because we can discourage people if we're not fulfilling the things that we've heard by the Spirit using the Spirit to fulfill it. Does that make sense? What I'm saying is we can pick something up in the Spirit, spiritually discern something. And we maybe realize that 
Maybe it's about a person and we think that person's no good. Or there's a caution, there's a red light or maybe a yellow light in, in your spirit about that person. But see, in the natural, it'd be easy for you to say, oh, you know, that Gary, he, he's a problem. You, don't, you know, you don't, you, I don't think you should be quite so close to him because there's, there's, some, there's some things going on there that, that you don't know about. But the thing is, I don't know about it either. I just pick something up, right? And uh, I choose Gary because he'll probably pick on me later. So we, <laughs> we got it. <laughs> so when we do discern something like that, realize most of the time, the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, right? Or it's for you. Maybe he's wanting to protect you. Maybe you don't always know exactly what it is. And if he doesn't give you specific instructions to do something about that, then you need to continue in prayer and in caution and just keep waiting on the Lord and recognize that maybe this relationship that I have is not the best, if that's what he's talking about, right? So you want to just keep that in your thoughts, but you don't want to react in the natural because it's going to mess things up. Even if you're right, if you react in the natural, then you're not following the Spirit of God. And you could take someone off course because you reacted to something that God wasn't dealing with them about. You know, another thing that Pastor Dave used to teach us about praying in tongues, you know, the search engine light comes on in your life. And oftentimes we begin to see the faults in everybody else that God's dealing with in us, you know. And so we're discerning things of the Spirit most of the time. They're for us so that God's trying to deal with us so that we can be a better vessel that He can flow through. So we can be a more pure vessel so He can do more things and manifest Himself in greater ways through us to the people around us. He's not really doing it just for us. He's doing it for those around us. So as we discern the things of the Spirit, we want to walk after the Spirit. I'll give you one more quick testimony. When I say God wants to manifest in your natural life, in your daily life, He loves to be a part of everything that we're doing. And sometimes just to learn how to yield to the Spirit, I would ask the Lord to to lead me to certain things. I've never done this, but I I heard uh, a minister talking about when he was young, they would get in their cars and they would, he and his friends, they would go to different places and then they would ask the Lord to help them find where that other person is. And they would, they would do that. It's kind of like a game of hide and seek, but they were doing it. They were trying to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit to do that. So he loves to do those things. He loves to be a part of our everyday life. But the first time that the Holy Spirit did this for me in a ministry setting uh, was at Pastor Barbara's house. Barbara had a, like I said, the outreach ministry. And sometimes we would meet at different places. And this particular night we were meeting outside. It was a nice summer evening. And we had probably, I don't know, 30 people gathered around there. And uh, there was somebody playing the guitar and singing. And I remember I just closed my eyes. I had my hands lifted up just worshiping the Lord. And when we would have those type of meetings, it wasn't like this setting where somebody's teaching and you're seeing that. But we're just praying. And we would, then the Holy Spirit would manifest in different ways. And for me, this is the first time this had happened to me in this capacity And I had my eyes closed. I didn't even realize I was doing it, but I was kind of walking around. I I didn't know. I didn't see it. And then my eyes open. So then I find myself standing somewhere. I open my eyes and I'm standing right in front of this person. And I didn't even really think about it. I just put my hands on them and began to prophesy over that person. And I was probably five or six people down the row when I, I kind of came to myself and, and I, I, I was a little scared, you know. I, thought, I didn't know if I was in trouble. I didn't know what, I had, what was going on. See, when we yield to the Lord in the little things, when I allowed Him to take me to the toilet paper aisle, when I was able to see the resistors on my arm, when, when we yield to the Holy Ghost in the little things of our life, then He's able to use us to manifest to other people. 
And that night, I, I went through that line and I prophesied to every person that was there. I had gifts manifest in my life that I, I, even to this day, some of those I haven't seen in that capacity. There was a lady there and I began to see her stomach illuminate and didn't know this, but for years she'd had stomach problems and she was healed instantly. God wants, it sometimes, I believe, sometimes God does that just to show you this is what I've got for you. Because I was thinking this is the launch of my ministry. But you know, that was 26 years ago or something like that. You know what I mean? So it wasn't necessarily in the natural. I had an idea of what that meant. But see, in the Spirit, God was still teaching me. He's still leading me by the hand and He's encouraging me and saying, look, these things are available to you. Okay, but it doesn't mean you can call up Benny Hinn and see if he'll have you on his show next week. You know, I mean, it doesn't work that way. It could, if that's the way the, the Holy Spirit leads you in. But see, we have to be willing to... We have to be willing to be patient and let God be God. I shared a little testimony a couple weeks ago about how God spoke to me and said, if you're going to come to me, you must believe that I am and you're not. And I realized that many times throughout Scripture when he says, I am the Lord, he's oftentimes just emphasizing that nobody else is. (laughs) You're not the Lord. When Moses didn't know who was going to send him, he says, look, tell him it's I am. It's not you. (laughs) You know, it's I am. And it's the same thing with the things of the Spirit. We have to be... First of all, sensitive to the Spirit, but then allowing Him to do it His way and realizing the manifestations of the Spirit are by the will of the Spirit. Amen? So, that's what I have for you this morning. (laughs) Be led by the Spirit of God. Desire earnestly, earnestly desire spiritual gifts and things of the Spirit. And God is going to manifest The Holy Spirit will manifest. As uh, we've been reminded so many times, this chapter that we looked at today, this book of 1 Corinthians was written as milk to babes. So you can receive it. (laughs) We can walk in it. You know, I mean, uh, I like to eat meat, but I still drink milk. (laughs) And it's still good for you. So with that, you guys are dismissed. We'll be back here at 10 o'clock.